This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Exodus chapter 22. We're dealing in verse 25 through 27. Very interesting passage, very interesting socioeconomic instruction that God gives the people of Israel. And I think we can learn a lot from this instruction because God's teaching, he's teaching something that's really important. And that's about relationships, intimate relationships, close personal relationships that we have in uh, our community and that we have in in our families and that we have in our church. And so these relationships are important. They're really important. They're the fabric of how we live as a society and as culture overall, because how we relate to each other in the most personal and, and most private of relationships is going to be reflected in how our culture works itself out and how those relationships and how uh, we live in our society. If we're fragmented, if we don't have very close relationships, intimate relationships with people in our families or in our churches or very close people in our community, if we don't have relationships of uh, trust and hope, then as you move out from those intimate relationships that are a natural part of any individual's life, as you move out from them, and you get out into the whole of society, the society is going to reflect that. The society is going to reflect the dysfunction that we find in the family. That's going to be carried out in the society. The dysfunction that you find in the church is going to be carried out in the society. The dysfunction you find in a community is going to be seen at large in the uh, states and uh, in the uh, country that we live in. So it's real important that you focus on uh, the smallest so that the biggest can be healthy. And that's true of any organism. The cell is ultimately important. If you have multiple cancer cells in your body, then eventually you have a mass or a tumor. And eventually that tumor begins to suck the life out of you. It begins to pull nutrients. It begins to pull the important aspects that your body is using for life. And then eventually it takes you out. And the cell is where it starts and then it moves out. That's true. If we have dysfunctional relationships in our family, if we have dysfunctional relationships in in the important body, which is the church, which is believers who are to be the light of, of God's word, the light of Christ in the community, then if, if they're dysfunctional, well, the community is going to be dysfunctional. And so as you think about that, as you consider it, one of the main things that 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 everybody needs in order to live is money. It, you have to have resources to live. And now there are some societies that money is not as important because the government provides that for you. And those places are like North Korea. They're, they're places that are just absolutely terrible places to live. You say, what about China? 
China has actually allowed, they've opened up and allowed their society to be, become more capitalistic. And as they have, they've done it in a dysfunctional way, which is slowly going to cause their uh, collapse and decline. They, they do not do it in a way that allows people to f- have free access to their own private property and to be able to freely alienate their labor or sell their labor in order to get more resources. They don't allow that. You have to, they direct you in those ways. And we're going to see over the next decade or two, a slow collapse of that in the Chinese uh, economy and the Chinese government. That's, that's the case. And the reason is because as you get back to that core, you've got to have, you've got to have good relationships in the core groups that matter. By the way, in our society, there's a great effort to destroy the family, to destroy the roles of the family, to destroy the ability for the family to influence society, and really, in many ways, to cause the government to be able to take on that role. The government is not, that's not the role of the government. The government has a role. God instituted the family, he instituted government, and he instituted the church, and all three have a role to play. But those roles are very important to understand. And when one gets in uh, the business of the other, oftentimes you have dysfunction. And in our society today, the government is trying to take on the role of, of the parent, trying to take on the role of uh, the nuclear family. And when that happens, uh, it's very destructive for society. And uh, that in how we're having so many issues with with people and their ability to relate to each other and their ability to relate effectively and deeply with each other. And when you're, when we're studying this, God said, we're going to have to be able to have good relationships with each other. And so he he gives them this commandment. And I want you to notice it's against what you would think God would say. He says, if you lend money to one of my people, now notice he's associating with, he's associating the children of Israel with his family. Notice there's an association immediately. He's not saying He's not saying one of the Hebrews. He doesn't say one of the Israelites. He says, if you're going to lend money to one of my people among you who is needy, do not treat it like a business deal. Charge no interest. Now you go, that don't make any sense. You can't charge any interest. You can't make a little, can't make a little money off, off of somebody borrowing it. That, that leads us to an important principle that I think everybody needs to understand. <clears throat> Look. When you charge interest to someone, and it doesn't say that this is evil, he just says, don't do it with my people, meaning don't do it in those intimate relationships that we have with each other, that you're a part of, you're a part of a, a very intimate group. And the reason he says that is, is because the minute you charge interest to someone, or the minute in all actuality, you let somebody borrow money from you, now you're in a business transaction with them. And you go, is there anything wrong with that? No, there's nothing wrong with that. But remember, what relationship do they have with you? If you are in a relationship with someone, in a family relationship, or in a close personal relationship in the church, or you're in a close personal relationship with somebody in the community, y'all are best friends, best buds, things like that. Once you give them money, once you give them money expecting it to be paid back, then there, there is a tension that is created between you. And that tension is they owe you money and they know they owe you money and you let them borrow money and that they owe you money. And from then on, the relationship is not born of a personal 
friendship, a personal uh, connection, the connection that naturally comes from family and friends and church members and people that are a part of a faith community. When you are, when you are in that relationship, now you are in a business transaction and you are going to always be a little bit angry that they hadn't paid you back. And they're going to be a little bit embarrassed that they hadn't paid you back. And that little bit of anger and a little bit of embarrassment slowly grows just like a cancer cell. It does. It slowly grows and it causes there to be division among you. It causes there to be a break in relationships. If I have someone that is a personal friend of mine out in the community, if I have someone who is in my family, especially if I have someone in the church that I'm going to let them have some money because they need it, I always just give it to them. Now, if they pay me back, that's their business. That's between me and them. And that's between them and God. And if they feel like they need to pay me back, they can pay me back and, and I'll take the money back. But I'm not going to, in my heart, consider it uh, mine anymore. I'm going to give it to them. And the reason I'm going to give it to them is because I don't want that tension of that, that tension in that relationship to exist. I don't want them to feel like they owed me, owe me. And I don't want that. I don't want to feel like they owe me. I don't want that. I, I, I don't want that tension in that relationship. The relationship is too important for money and who owes who what to come into play. I don't keep accounts with people that I have close personal relationships with. And I'm telling you this for a reason, because I don't want those relationships are far more valuable than money. And so I can't, I, if I get into a place where I feel like somebody owes me something, then I can't have the intimacy, the closeness, the, the effect on their lives that I could have had it otherwise. Now, am I telling you that it's wrong to, to lend somebody money? No, I'm not. And God's not saying it's wrong to lend money in, in this passage. What he's saying is don't do it and charge interest in when you're dealing with close personal relationships. And I even go farther. This is Chad speaking, but I even go farther than that. I, I just don't even, I don't even let people borrow money from me. I either give them the money and sure they do owe me. That, but but the Bible says, owe no man anything but the debt of love. And if they can't pay me back, they just can't pay me back. And so there's no tension in the relationship between us. There's no there's nothing to divide us or pull us apart. And I think that's of, of, of great importance because the relationships that we have in life are the relationships, the depth and the power of the relationships that we build on this planet are the treasure of heaven. And so we want our treasure to be great. And I don't want my earthly treasure to get in the way of my heavenly treasure. And my earthly treasure, if I have to, if you need the money, then I need to give it to you. And if you feel compelled by the Holy Spirit to pay me back, then that's your business. And that's the Holy Spirit's business. And here in this situation, you sure don't want to charge them interest. You sure don't want that debt to be growing as they're struggling through whatever they're struggling through in life. You don't want that debt to be growing. If that debt's growing, then the tension in that relationship is going to continue to be growing. And who wants that? Who wants to have tension between them and their brother or tension between them and their sister or tension between them and their children? So many times there, there's that tension there too. You owe me this money. I, I don't owe you any, I don't want to owe you anything and I don't want you to owe me anything. And so oftentimes I just, I, there's just not going to be any charge in any interest. Now that me, and, and they sure not, for, for as I'm concerned, I'm not even going to act like you owe me it. And the reason is, is I don't want that tension.
I don't want it there. If I feel like the money that I give you is not going to be used for your best interest, that you're, that I'm enabling you in some way, I'm just not giving it to you. Now that can cause tension and a problem, but it usually doesn't because they need you for the other things that the relationship offers than money. And so they, they oftentimes will get past that you just didn't give them money. And especially when they realize that you didn't give them money because it's just enabling their problems. He says, do not treat it like a business deal. And I think that's key right there. Do not treat it like a business deal because it's not a business deal. It's a relationship and, and business and relationships are bad. I, I've heard so many people and I'm, these are just understandings that I gained not only from scripture, but I gained from scripture and how it's lived out in life. And I think that's important. Scripture is, if it's anything in the world, and if my ministry has been anything in the world true about it, one of the things that you can obviously see in the way I teach and what I understand, and for those of you who know me personally, how I live, the Word of God is intensely relevant today. It's relevant for us. And what Moses written the book, wrote in the book of Exodus 3,000 years ago is intensely relevant today. It's, I, I do not want to treat things like businesses that are not businesses. Family's not a business. Friendship's not a business. They're just not. Church is not a business. That's another thing that comes up all the time. Family's not a business. My, my friendships are not businesses. And church is not a business. And so many people say, we need to run church like a business. The problem with that is the church is the bride of Christ. And if you run somebody else's wife like a business, then you are doing something you shouldn't be doing. Okay? That, that, and you could take that to its farthest degree, furthest degree, and realize that's what you're doing. We're not going to treat the bride of Christ like a business. And if we treat it like a business, it's going to, it's going to, it's going to become a major problem. It's going to become dysfunctional. And oftentimes in our communities, we treat church like a business. The leadership of the church treats church like a business. The people treat church like a business. And you know what happens? When we go to church, we go to business and we don't go to meet with God. And that's a problem. It's an intense problem. He, he says, do not treat it like a business deal. Charge no interest. He says, if you take no, your neighbor's cloak, cloak as a pledge, return it to him by sunset. Meaning they said, here, take this. I'm going to borrow this from you. I'll bring back what I got, what, what I borrowed from you. And then you can give me my cloak back. He says, he says, don't take the cloak. If they ask to borrow something that you have that's of value and they need to borrow it for the day, let them have it. And don't take a pledge from them that they've got to come back and bring it that day. Because if you take the cloak from them, he, listen, it's, it's just real practical here because that cloak is the only covering your neighbor has, meaning it's his only source of warmth. He says, what else can they sleep in? When they cry out to me, I will hear, for I'm compassionate. What he's saying is they borrow something from you and they need it and they've got to have it. They shouldn't have to give you their cloak, their source of warmth and strength. They shouldn't have to give that to you so that they can have something that you're not using. You ought to let them have it. And let me try to dig down a little bit deeper than the superficial and the practicality of how we do things. The, the point is that we cannot treat the intimate relationships of life as an opportunity to move ahead. That, that's not how Jesus did things. Jesus gave and invested in the lives of other people. And sure, if somebody came to me and said, I've got a great business deal for you, you let me borrow this much amount of money and I'm going to pay you eight, 9% interest. I might consider that. 
that that's somebody I don't know might look into them. Sure. They've done this a lot and it's a great business uh, endeavor and there's good reason to trust them. And I might give them some money to start that business so that I can have an interest in that business. That's a business deal. There's nothing wrong with that, but I'm not going to do that with a church member. I'm not going to do that with family member. I'm not going to do that with a close personal friend. It's just not how it works. I can't be keeping accounts on people that are financial and be keeping account on people that are spiritual. I don't have enough. Kathleen's an accountant. My wife's a CPA. She's a chief financial officer for a multi-state insurance company, but she can keep accounts really well. I'm not in the business of doing that. And the truth is you don't need to be in the business doing that. Owe no man anything but the debt of love. And if you can do that, if you can do that and do that, you'll have a full life. You'll have a complete life. And try not to force other people to owe you anything but the debt of love. If you'll do those things, if you'll live your life that way, where your life is a complete investment in others, a complete investment in the kingdom, if you'll live your life that way, you'll never be without. You'll always be with. And I I pray that'll be the case for you. I, I expect it would be. And I pray that God will open the doors of opportunity for you so that that's always the case and that you'll never, ever be hungry for money, but you'll always be hungry for the will of God. And when you're hungry for the will of God, he will fill As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus name.